Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Bruce Pierce with the first episode of season two of my podcast, Women's Healthcare with Dr. Bruce Pierce. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Uh, during this pandemic, which is a great time to start season two. So uh, I guess, obviously, the topic of the day everywhere is uh, the COVID pandemic. And um, I'm here today again with a recurring guest host, my partner of 14 to 15 years of, or so at uh, Delaware Valley OBGYN in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, uh, Princeton, New Jersey area. This is Dr. Asha Proctor. Hi, Asha. Hello. How is everyone out there? Good. Um, we may or may not have video <laughs> of <Okay>. this <laughs> podcast, depending on how it goes. So, uh, so you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But we will have audio. So, uh, of those who can't see, we are conversing via Zoom uh, okay. in a uh, correct social distancing uh, you know, setup, as we should. Although sometimes we're still in the office because we are essential personnel, correct? Yes, I, I guess. but we wear masks. Everyone wears a mask. Who wears a mask? When you say everyone. Patients too? The, the, absolutely, or just the yes. staff? Everyone and patients. In Central New Jersey, yes. Yeah, so we uh, so we are uh, for those of you dispersed throughout the land. This is uh, we are in Central New Jersey, so we are very close, I guess, to what we would call the epicenter, which is probably we would say New York City, mm-hmm. other than Wuhan, uh, China, I guess. So, and Italy. But New York has. <laughs> but New York is yeah. We, yeah. We've unfortunately surpassed. Uh, uh, all the other uh, numbers. So I guess this episode, and probably my, maybe my next one or two, will be dedicated uh, to uh, the coronavirus or COVID nineteen. And uh, so let's jump in it. Let's jump into it. So I guess from your perspective, Doctor Proctor, as an OBGYN uh-huh. in Central New Jersey during a pandemic. Can you give me your overall assessment of the situation? The overall assessment? Well, I mean, what do you think? we I mean, we knew of COVID-19, you know, from like late November, December, but I don't really feel like any of us thought it would like intimately touch us. Right. Um, and I don't think until like late, well, probably more early March that we were really like, okay, we, you know, we, we need to be. Uh, more prepared, you know, as OBGYNs, I feel like we're not, we're not really on the front line, you know, like in the emergency room or the ICUs or, you know, the med surge floors, you know, but, you know, we do know, and we have seen, you know, patients coming in that are positive. So we definitely know, you know, we will be intimately affected by it. Um, So, you know, we're just trying to make sure we're doing everything in the safest way, you know, to take care of the the patient as well as, you know, protect ourselves, protect the staff. Um, so I, I guess, you know, for us, we've gotten a little bit of like preparation time that, you know, say in New York, you know, they didn't, they didn't get. So we've been trying to learn from that to get ourselves ready. Right. It's, it's, it's always funny when you say preparation, it's definitely with this thing <laughs> until, you know, we won't get political or anything like that, but yeah, we, 
until it hits you, you don't really, even though it's out there, like you see it, you see it on the news, mm-hmm. you I see mean, it you happening in, in other places. Right. Until it right. affects you, you don't think it's. And honestly, I, like you know, on social media and stuff. Uh, of course, this is an aside, but whatever. Uh, it's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. Uh, like mm-hmm. even people who are not in, I guess, our area, who are, uh, I guess, less affected, mm-hmm. they're still saying like, "Oh, oh, it's nothing. It's it's uh, it's blown out of proportion." Yeah, but until it hits mm-hmm. you, <laughs> I mean, until I, until you have to be the one to go down. I mean, you know, yeah. like um, Dr. Gamberg and I actually we, we did a surgery last night. Dr. So Gamberg's our part, other partner, yes. another partner. Yes, and you know, he had to go down to the emergency room. Oh yeah. So he did go to the, yeah, and he was basically saying, you know, everyone was like completely, you know, in jumpsuits, the mask, and you know, being just nervous going down into ER without that same amount of like protective, you know, gear. So it definitely, it definitely affects you, you know, right, and you're yeah. almost, you know, nervous and scared to go in different floors of the hospital because you just want to make sure you're in a place that you're supposed to be, that you know, you're not. Yeah. Would you ever imagine? being afraid of someplace to go in the hospital is that was, no, was there ever in your in your we, mind as a as a, a thing that could happen no i mean I, I definitely feel like you know um in such a very short amount of time like say what uh in a month or like six weeks you know before patients when they would call like when you're on call they wanted to quickly come into the hospital for any little thing now you can tell they're they're basically like I, I don't even want to deliver a baby in a hospital. Right. Yeah. No. It it it, it runs the gamut. I've noticed uh, anywhere from that to the opposite of why can't I just go to the emergency room? This is what that's what I would normally do. And right. sometimes it's me telling the patient uh, I don't think you really want to be there. Uh, you right. know, you you've not seen it. You know. Right. So um, if I could, uh, if anything, I will get across to every everywhere else. I'm, you know, it's it's a real thing. This is not a. Yeah. This is, it's, it's not blown. Out, it's not blown out of proportion. It's a. It's. it's I mean, it's we're what what we're small. I would say small community hospital or a mid-sized yeah. community hospital, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We're we're not uh, right. We're not a. Um, we're not a, a tertiary care. Center. Yeah, we're right. not a tertiary care and, center. And they definitely have a good size of patients admitted for COVID. And the same with all the other community hospitals in the mm-hmm. area, which. In general, we have a lot because we're a populated area, and they're all mm-hmm. full. I mean, uh, so yeah, it's a real thing. All right, so let's let's kind of you know, this is the women's healthcare podcast. So okay. obviously, we're going to focus on how this pandemic is affecting women's health. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess let's start with the most obvious, uh, which is the pregnant women, the pregnant yes. our pregnant yes. patients. Um, how is it affecting them? Uh, as far as, you know, just coming to the office, having an appointment, well, the prenatal care, etc. Well, I mean, we've definitely, li- well, I mean, definitely we've limited our flow of patients for that face-to-face time, you know, to try to decrease our exposure and their exposure. So definitely, you know, for our more like low-risk pregnant women, you know, we're definitely trying to kind of space out their appointments a bit more. Um, and... And really, as you know, in our office, that's pretty much all we're seeing. So we're not seeing any of our GYN patients. Limited. Very limited. Very limited. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second, of course. Okay. Because uh, I want to talk but about def- that. <laughs> okay, but definitely, say, our OB patients, yeah, I mean, 
you know, they come in, they're very anxious, they're very worried, you know, like how will it or could it impact them? Could it affect the baby? You know, what is going to happen when they deliver and have to come to the hospital? Right. So, so it, it, yeah, yeah. stick it with pre- it's affecting right. every part. Right. So, yeah. so A, they're prenatal. Uh, right now we're still seeing them in the office, but there are definite, definitely uh, algorithms that are trying to do some of these visits remotely via telemedicine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which we're starting now this week mm-hmm. in our office um and also where maybe you know i know i am maybe maybe i'm telling patients all right it's where i would normally tell you to come back in two weeks maybe three oh, yeah. or, maybe three or four is reasonable uh yeah. to, to space it out, out uh, their visits such. like like yeah definitely i mean especially for the low-risk patients, especially now, I mean, women may be earlier in their pregnancy versus those women in the last month of their pregnancy, right. you know? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think it's affecting their their health or the health of their baby by, by us? Uh, less visits? Less visits, uh, televisits, et cetera, et cetera. Because that's not, what they want to know. I mean, not, not you know, necessarily. We're, I mean, I think we've for, been telling them forever. For, oh, no, at this certain Time pregnancy, you're for, coming every, you must come every two weeks. This time, you must come every one week. No, I think for patients, for the for the well, I mean, we are in the Northeast, so we tend to see probably like older patients, like advanced maternal age. I mean, that's a larger percentage of our population. But for like women, how old? Like twenty seven. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you would consider old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So over. 35. So women over 35, you know, that is, you know, considered a more like high risk pregnancy, you know, so we do tend to deal a little bit more, I think, with that in the Northeast. But to say for the majority of our low risk patients, I mean, I do think they would be fine with spaced out visits, you know, as long as, you know, they have like normal blood pressure and no other like, you know, comorbidities, I think that would be okay. Especially what what about their ultrasounds? Uh, well, number one, I mean, I would say they mainly just, I would say, need their 20-week, that's their biggest one, your 20-week anatomy ultrasound. You know, if patients are low risk, they've had healthy pregnancies, they don't, they don't, they don't need a third trimester ultrasound. They don't need a 32-week ultrasound. I mean, I think that's just become kind of part of practice. Um, but to say, I think right now when you're trying to like limit exposure and do social distancing in the low risk patients that are having healthy pregnancies, they really don't need to come in for that. They could, they could try to decrease that exposure. Definitely. So in your opinion, even even though they're get uh, they're getting less visits, they're really getting the ones that they need. And, and, and man, quite possibly could surmise that maybe we were, overdoing a little bit in the past who knows but i mean that you just come you, you do what has become kind of the, the standard, standard right right so, and then sometimes it evolves into i think more than what most people may need but in times like this you know definitely when you're trying to avoid you know people or trying to use social distancing to avoid spreading an infection then we don't need those like like unnecessary visits we can definitely you know those away for right now right so i'm gonna i'm going to agree with you that Mm -hmm. you know i'll do the old rolling stones adage that you can't always get what you want but you get what you need i'm paraphrasing absolutely i mean so so 
Yeah. yeah. So we're, so if you're a pregnant woman and you're worried that is this going to affect um, the pregnancy, the health of the pregnancy by uh, these altered visits, I, I would also agree. No, it's not. No. We're we're we're, no. we're doing the nuts and bolts. We're doing what we need, right. and, and I think uh, the patients will be ultimately fine. Yes. You agree? Yeah. I don't want to put words agree. in your mouth. All right. So what? Have, yeah. So you mentioned on the hospital. All right. So they they get through the prenatal care. Now mm-hmm. it's time to deliver. Mm-hmm. What obstacles are they facing at the hospital? Well, I mean, there's definitely, you know, I think in the country, like women are, people are just dealing with anxiety about the pandemic. I mean, just, you know, not having that human contact, you know, being more isolated. So people are anxious, you know, they're getting like constant feeds. If you watch anything on television about COVID-19. So, so I definitely can say, one, women that are pregnant are extremely anxious, right? Extremely anxious. Two, now they're compounding that they're anxious about, well, who will be with them in the hospital? Let's put, let's go, go with that. So, so now at one point, but it's changed a little bit. They weren't allowing anybody, right? There was, women had to deliver on their own. But that was not, that was never at our hospital. We never had that. That that was in New York City. Right. Um, but even in northern New Jersey, uh, right. there. But they rolled that back, mm-hmm. and even in New York City and northern New Jersey, they are allowing one support one person, person. right? And right, they, and that's, which is difficult. Which is very and, and that support person people, has to be there the whole time. The whole time. Right? So the if kid, you have other home. children, right. if you have other kids at home, who's with those kids? Right. And then if the husband leaves, he can't come back. Right. So you have to arrange for childcare. Also. The plan was to have your mother there and or doula. Your doula. Or doula. Now we, you know, we, I did a whole show on doulas and how important they are, and now they're not allowed in <laughs> unless right. they replace no the the the, the, or, the, or part, the, or the, the primary partner, uh, mm-hmm. which is unusual. You're usually going to pick the part your partner over. Hopefully, doula. you should. <laughs> but you never know. You never know. Hey, back in the old days, uh, right. a partner used to wait in, in the waiting room with, you know, with a cigarette or a cigar. Right. But, um, yeah, so that's, you know, it's not optimal. But I think from my perspective, tell me if you agree, the patients have been adjusting pretty well. The ones we've been uh, delivering I mean, I over the last they, month or so. Yeah, I think adjust, once they understood this is what it is, you know, they adapt, people adapt and they will deal with it. You know, I think it was just that initial fear that they were not going to let them have anyone. So women were very concerned that what was happening at that point in New York and Northern Jersey was going to come down our way. Right. And also and the, all those patients were like calling all the hospitals that right. they could travel to, to find, to get a different hospital. So right. but luckily that's, uh, that's better. Um, and it doesn't seem to be good changing. And, and, you know, and so. to say, I've definitely had patients that have, um, asked me questions about like, should they do like home birth or birth center? What do you tell them? Well, well, I, I tell them, you know, I, you know, one, I understand they're nervous about being in the hospital setting. I was like, but, you know, if they're thinking about birth center or home birth, they, they should have already been committed to the idea of that, you know, because they, they have to understand, you know, really what the model of care is delivering at, at home or in a birth center. And if they still you know, if they were not really trying to plan on a possible like unmedicated delivery or birth, well, if they're then desiring medications, they would then be transferred to a hospital. 
Right. So and it's really not always the hospital you were intended to go to where you, and it's not the hospital where your doctor may not. Right. Uh, so I think they should just they should right. I think if that's something they're wanting to do, they've already maybe more so invested in that model of delivery. Right. Uh, mm. Also, what I tell them, I said, um, you know, first, this is not what you're planning in the in the beginning. And so the only reason you're planning it is you thinking that it may be safer than a hospital. But do you really know that? I mean, um, with well, a, could, I, I mean, mean it, it goes either way. And of course, wow. I'm not, obviously, I'm not the expert in home birth because I don't do them. But right. uh, from what I know, now you're, you're, even though it's in your home, there are strangers now coming into your home that you oh, don't that you true. don't you right. don't know the um, status of the your home birth midwife or and how many support people they come you know they that they have so right. so it's not without its risk you know so but it's it's just up to the couples to make their decision which way they want to go right right mm-hmm. um, but you know I'm biased so you know. <laughs> I prefer even I think even in this time, I, I, I think I recommend now backtrack. I'm very supportive of, uh, of midwifery, midwifery and mm-hmm. uh, etc. Uh, but I think as if everybody listens last season to my midwife uh, podcast, most midwives do deliver in the hospital, I think. They do. But to say there are places, that, you know, they have birth centers, which are generally like adjacent to hospitals. Correct. Correct. Right. So, you know, and you get kind of the best of both worlds. I was like, but I think you already have to have been planning in your mind that you're wanting that type of delivery. Right. It is know? different. Right. It is different. Mm-hmm. So you have to think right. about that. Um, is delivering in the hospital right now safe? Yes, I, I definitely feel like I definitely feel like it is safe. I definitely feel like, you know, they they're they're taking like I feel like more precautions. You know what I'm saying? You know, yes. with with the staff, you know, everyone is everyone is masked, you know, the patients are wearing masks. Right. Um definitely they're really trying to triage patients even before they hit the door to labor and delivery if there are any type of symptoms of coronavirus and they're then assessed down in the emergency rooms. So I think they're really trying hard to, you know, make sure patients go to the right places within the hospital. Yeah, I think they're making it really as safe as it could possibly be. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, honestly to me, the the thing i fear the most is going to the supermarket <laughs> because right. half, half of the people there have no masks on no gloves right. on so you get you know uh, you know um uh, you know there's people coughing and <laughs> like i got i went in there i, I gotta get out of here you know right. but i think right. the hospital although that's where obviously all the 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 sick uh covid patients go uh, everybody, you know, they, they screen you at the door. Everybody is, they take your temperature at the door. They ask mm-hmm. you a list of questions about your risk factors for having COVID. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this is the, including the staff. This is not just the patients. This yeah. is the, the mm-hmm. staff, uh, which is unprecedented. So I think they're doing everything humanly possible. And, and to me, maybe safer than going to get your groceries uh, right now, um, mm-hmm. which is unrate To me, it's totally unregulated and you know, well, they're trying. So, they're trying. <laughs> right. All right. So um, we touched before. Okay. We And also uh, for those who want a little bit more detail of, of this 
of the pregnancy itself. I'm going to have a couple other podcasts with some uh, perinatologists uh, coming uh-huh. up uh, about you know more a little more technical details. So, if, uh, but right now I think I, I just wanted to do like an overview about you and me and what we're experiencing, what we're seeing just in the in the office and the hospital, uh, without getting get, get into uh, technical right now, unless you want to. Whatever. whatever you want. I mean, yeah. whatever you want to do. Okay. Well, I want to talk about, we touched on it earlier. Right now, we're only seeing the OB patients in the mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. What about our GYN patients? Our, you know, our, what, what's up, you know, well, what are we doing I, with well, them? What's going on? They're, I think we're trying to triage over the phone. Right. Whatever needs they have right now, trying to do that over the phone without having them come in. Um I do think with us getting into telemedicine, I think that's really where we'll see the majority of our GI, GYN patients. Right. Uh, describe telemedicine. I don't mean? know. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I guess I'm, it's, it's kind of like this. Kind of like this. this. Kind of like you and I right this. now. So if, if I was the patient and you were my doctor, yeah. I would be calling yeah. you and we would be having a conversation. A discussion. A discussion. Yeah. Uh, but but we, there's no exam. There's no blood pressure. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, no... I don't think so. Unless patients are showing you pictures. I mean, you never know. Well, they do that anyway, right? They in, do that in, in, the pers- office. in the office. So, uh-huh, so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. A lot of our patients are not shy, so I, I do know that. You never know. Right, so I don't. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but I had a a patient, I guess, email me uh, the mm-hmm. other day and was worried because we know we called everybody who had a, a scheduled annual um, right. that she was actually worried, uh, you know, is it okay to miss my pap smear? I mean, about uh, yes. my, my, my mammogram, my pap, you know, uh, th- I've been told my whole life, don't miss right. this or else, you know, something bad. Something bad. So what are, we te- what are you but, telling your patients who were worried about missing their annual well, routine? Well, annual? we'll say this. I mean, for the, well, I, well, I don't know mammography wise what they're doing you know when it comes to what they're saying you know at the radiology facilities but to say you know I think in low risk patients that are just doing a like screening annual mammogram I don't think two or three months would make any difference for right. for low risk patients right. you know right. um, what if you're high risk and when it, what if, you, what if your saying, last one was abnormal and we want to do like a six or a three month follow up they would still do that I still think they're doing that. They are or they're right. not? I, well, not I sure. don't know. I think they, I'm not I think, sure. I mean, I think but they I still, are. I still think they would. I mean, because radiologists, I mean, I think they would They would be considered essential, you know, right. essential personnel. Um, I think just for screening mammo, I think a couple months wouldn't make a huge difference. But, yes, if somebody was doing a six-month follow-up or, you know, or they needed a biopsy. I mean, I still think those things would be happening. I agree, and I think they are still doing that. So, right. the, I mean, the, for, for yeah, I think the patients who um, are high risk or have like you know a close follow, up you could still get right. that. Uh, we could still order it without having right. you to come in for your annual. Yeah. Uh, you know, the patients are also used to. Oh no, I can't get that until I come in for my annual. But for my annual, but I, I think we, we could do it. That to their their radiology facility, yeah. and when it comes to the past me, I mean, we've been trying to over time space that out anyway. What? <laughs> yes, yeah, we, for yes, low we have. Low risk patients. The low the risk, risk patients. patients there yeah. are 
the right the guideline the I guidelines think, say we can space it out. Right. So yes, yeah, but so, I think if women yeah, had abnormal bleeding issues or something more significant, because we had a patient come in yesterday for severe pain. Right. Yes, we definitely will say, all right, come over now. You know, yeah. so they will still be seen. Yeah, and uh, yes. Yeah, so if you have like a real emergency like a bleeding mm-hmm. emergency or a mm-hmm. severe pain or something, mm-hmm. we're still seeing those patients in the office mm-hmm. so they could still be seen. But I think just to reassure the patients just who are coming in for their low-risk routine annual, mm-hmm. it's not going to be forever. Yeah. It's good. Right. You know, a couple months is okay. Even yeah. longer is probably okay. Um, yeah. We probably err on the side of over-testing rather than under uh, mm-hmm. around here. So I think those patients should be reassured that it's okay to wait a little bit. But if you're having a problem, and, and definitely, so and definitely we'll to say for people that are just like designated as like high risk people for COVID, you know, if they are older, comorbidities, you know, they should stay at home. Right, know? and I think also they have, patients have to realize that. All right, so you're weighing the risk of missing your on time pap smear and or ma- or routine mammogram versus the risk of uh, going out going to an office uh, mm-hmm. and like it or not us healthcare providers are considered high risk individuals right we are, yes we are hi- we're exposed to we're people. exposed to people we're we're mm-hmm. high risk for getting covid and and as a patient you have to know okay i'm used to knowing that if i go to the doctor things will be better but at, during this crucial period, there, there's risk involved of going yeah, of going so to your doctor. I, I try not to be I try not to be like mean to my patients, but literally when I am in the room, I am standing at the door. I'm trying to like make distance between myself and the patient, and I'm trying to make our interaction short and sweet. And that's and what's recommended. Point. Actually, our uh, American College of OBGYNs, all mm-hmm. our governing bodies are actually saying for us to do that so mm-hmm. i guess we're, we're not being mean like you said we're not trying to be mean uh, right when we're doing this but uh and some of us do this anyway <laughs> but we may be li- no <laughs> uh, see the folks who can see it uh, she was pointing at me but if you're listening she's not um so but we're we're told to limit limit our exposure you know the the conversations were normally may have been a little bit longer and more chatty are now Mm -hmm. a little bit more cut down to the to to just get to the point and uh you know not forever again but you know i think it's safer for everybody us and and the patients the patient Mm -hmm. i think i think to me that's what you know, I ask you your overall assessment. I think that's our overall assessment is we want to keep both us healthy and the patients healthy yes. and mm-hmm. just, you know, do this balancing act of what is necessary and what's could be held off for a little while. Um, that may not be the norm for most patients, but I think that's our job is to balance the health of both, both us and the patient and get, mm-hmm. and get the right balance. And obviously, hopefully, when things get better, we could go back to the way they normally were. But for right. now, yeah, that's what we're doing. Do you agree? I agree. I agree. Oh, speak, oh, so speaking of coming to the office and risk, how about patients who need to go to the emergency room? Uh, well, As I you mean, mentioned, 
Uh, I, I uh, Dr. Yeah. Gamberg had to go to the emergency room oh, and yeah. everybody is I all, mean, uh, that's one place know, I will say I'm, I'm a little afraid to go down to the, I mean, normally is the ER place we like to go to. No, cool. no, you know, people will call like just many times people want to go to the emergency room for just like reassurance, you know, for things that it wouldn't really change like um, decision-making or they wouldn't do anything any different, but they want to go to the ER for reassurance just to make sure everything's okay. And definitely now, you know, in the time of COVID, you know, I'm like, don't go there. There's no need to go unless there is a true medical emergency, you know? So I definitely commonly are trying to triage and handle things just over the phone because really they should not be going to the ER and exposing themselves to anything unless it's like absolutely necessary. Agree. And uh, I tell the patients the same thing with the, off- they say with the office, go into the emergency room. If you, if it's a real emergency, this it's is emer- when, that's what it's called. It's an emergency room. This is, you know, but uh, you know, you know, and I know that most of the time patients use the emergency room as just a uh, intermediate intermediary because the doctor's office isn't open just now. So, right. and they'd mm-hmm. re- rather not wait till tomorrow. So right. now it's when the emergency room is really what it's meant for is real emergencies only because not only, you know, you're putting your, you know, patients putting themselves at risk, not just, uh, you know, so you have to, you have to weigh that risk versus what you're feeling. But obviously right. if it is an emergency, go. Be, you know, right. For an emergency. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So Dr. Proctor, that's all the time we have today. And okay. thank you again for joining me on. Women's Healthcare with Dr. Bruce Pierce, the podcast <laughs> you season. Remember your title? <laughs> I don't even remember. This the season two. This is the season two opener. This is the. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, this is going to be hev- hopefully heavily marketed. Hopefully, the rest of 2020, it will be better. And that's what I wish you and everybody listening.